Hi, baseball fans. This is The Consultant. You are listening to the International Baseball Community Podcast. Now hit it at the park, David Burns. Hello, IBC Podcast fans. Welcome back. And this is episode number 20. I'm super stoked today, uh, not only because it's episode number 20, but I have Drew Samuelson on the podcast. Drew uh, is currently in Australia. He's held roles as the Australian Baseball Federation's player and coach development coordinator and most currently as the performance manager of South Southern Australian Baseball. His story is quite unique. Uh, it started off uh, as he approached the age of 30 or when he turned 30, he he just decided to quit the 9-to-5 and follow his passion in baseball, to work in baseball. Uh, it led to a, you know, a, a couple of stints in, in the local uh, Seattle-Tacoma area where, where he's from. And uh, from there, it led to Australia. So it's quite an interesting story. And then uh, he also dives into what opportunities there are within Australian baseball, either uh, for players, coaches, or within the administrative end of things. Uh, he really narrows it down as to which states uh, offer the most opportunities, uh, where the biggest hotbeds are, and uh, yeah, he, he elaborates in, in quite a bit of detail and shares a lot of his, his knowledge about Australian baseball on this podcast episode. So without further ado, let's get on with episode number 20 with Drew Samuelson. Powered by Metal Punk Media, your sports marketing agency. We put sports center stage. Drew, welcome to the podcast. Nice to have you on. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thanks for taking time out of your day to uh, fill us in what Australian baseball is all about. Uh, maybe we can start off with uh, your background in baseball and uh, you know how it's led to your, your current role Um as the performance manager in, in Southern Australia? <laughs> What's, um, it's a really kind of weird, uh, twisty tale. Basically, uh, I was, um, I, I had a series of, you know, adult responsible non-baseball jobs. Um, and right about when I turned 30, I said, you know, this isn't what I want to be doing. Uh, I'd rather be working in ball. And so I started, I started a website, um, back in 2006 and I went around scouting guys in the Cal league and the Northwest league and the Pacific coast league and the Arizona fall league. Um, that led me to go get a sport management masters. And that led me to get, um, get a gig, uh, doing PR with the Tacoma Rainiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led me to <laughs> being, uh, the director of baseball operations for Seattle university when they started a new team after a 30 year absence. So that was, that was a real cool project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that ultimately led to me coming down to Australia just to take a couple of MBA classes, um, as kind of a reward for interrupting my career and, and, you know, interning and working for peanuts and all that stuff. Yeah. And so I came down to Australia and started volunteering um, for Baseball Australia. And they liked me so much, they offered me a full-time job in player and coach development. And I did that for about two years. And then um, Baseball South Australia and the South Australian Baseball League, which are the same entity, mm-hmm. as are the Adelaide Bite. They're, they're all one entity. Uh, they reached out to me a few months ago and said, we'd love you to move to Adelaide and, um, help us with both the Adelaide bite and with baseball South Australia. Okay. 
So here I am. Wow. <laughs> so was that was it your intention to to get on with the club while you were while you were there studying, or, or just kind of came to you? No, while not, and, not at all. Um, yeah. And if I'm completely honest, I was at that point I was kind of reassessing whether or not I wanted to work in baseball, just because it. It, it's it is a hard life. Um, you know the the hours are long. There's generally there's a bunch of travel. Um, the pay isn't great, and until you get past a certain kind of upper management tier, um, and I just didn't know if that was the right decision for me. And I was kind of reassessing, and and um, you, you just can't stay away. You know what I mean? <laughs> if yeah. you, first and foremost, if you don't love the game, don't work in it because it'll it'll just chew you up and spit you out if you don't love it. Um, but secondly, like you just can't, you just can't stay away. And, and I, I really got reinvigorated working for baseball Australia and had, had a fair amount of success there and really enjoyed my work there and enjoyed the people I worked with there. And, um, and that kind of helped, that kind of helped keep me, um, or, you know, entrench me even further in, the in the industry. Yeah. And how did you, how did you find the, you know, the market in, in the U S as far as looking for a job in baseball? Um, and do you think that, you know, with, with, uh, Australian baseball, there's just plenty of more opportunities for, for guys like yourself with, with the background in baseball and the education in, in sports management? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a dime a dozen in the States, um, down, down here, I'm a bit more of a rare bird and, um, and, you know, a bit more of a commodity, which is, which is nice. Uh, and because the community is so much smaller here and, the, the, you know, this is a very strong, Australia is a very strong sporting market overall, but it's also mm-hmm. a very crowded sporting market. Um, they've got, you know, there's a million different professional leagues down here and, and everyone seems to be involved in something. And, um, and obviously the economy in Australia is pretty strong right now mm-hmm. comparatively. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a a lot easier for me to kind of carve out a niche and, and an identity here. Whereas back stateside, I would, you know, I would just blend in with, you know, with thousands of other, you know, equally or greater qualified candidates. Um, now that said my, you know, I, I don't plan on being in Australia forever. I do plan on going home someday, you know, whether that's in, you know, two years, four years, six years, eight years, you know, who knows, but, um, but yeah, we do plan on going back, uh, my partner and I, and, um, and we do love it here right now as well. And there's a lot of work to be done here. Uh, and it's been, it's been kind of a humbling challenge to be so close to the grassroots level after, um, you know, after having so many years kind of up in the, uh, <laughs> the proverbial ivory tower, you know what I mean? So, so um, maybe I could I really, I'm not sure about your baseball background as a player. Did you play at all or did you, or like, or when did your baseball career as a player end, and then your, your um, decision to, to get into the managerial end of things start? My, uh, my career, my career as a baseball player ended in high school. Actually, I was, I played, um, I played uh, ice hockey in the winter and baseball in the summer. And I got to like a lot of, like a lot of high school athletes, you get to a point where you kind of have to choose one over the other. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to have a lot more success playing hockey and I did play, I did play in college. Um, but my, I, I quit, I quit on baseball at age 17, um, which is a decision I greatly regret now. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I was, I mean, in all honesty, I was never the best kid on the team. I was, I was okay. And I understood the game really well. And I, I loved it. And I had, I was fortunate to have just a, a litany of fantastic coaches, um, all through, 
Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I focused on ice hockey and I thought I could, I thought I could make that work. And, you know, I, I spent, I spent a year on a junior's roster and didn't get any playing time. And I played, I played a bit of college and, um, and honestly, that's, that, that's probably what my ceiling would have been if I would have picked baseball too. I, yeah. you know, I probably would have done a bit of NCAA and then that's it. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry. It, it's good to hear that. Uh, you know, it's good to hear that there's opportunities for guys out there that didn't necessarily make a name for themselves as a player and, and just their pure love of the game kind of, uh, you know, led their path or created their pathway. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel kind of strange sometimes because, you know, depending on, I think on depending on who you ask, uh, you know, most people would say I'm kind of like an administrator first and like a, you know, coach second, but there's definitely a few guys that you would talk to that would probably see me as like a coach first and administrator second. Um, but I, I do enjoy doing both. Um, I, I really like coaching. Uh, I like coaching ice hockey still to this day as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's a lot of fun for me. It's, it feels good to give back and I love to teach and I love to learn, you know, and that's, you know, the thing that, the thing that's just infinitely in- interesting about baseball is, you know, you can be doing this for 50, 60, 70 years and go to the ballpark and learn something new every day. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. I'm 39 and I'm still figuring out how to hit. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so maybe you can, can you describe your role as the player and coach development coordinator? And that was for the, that was nationwide, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, um, myself, um, my immediate supervisor at that point, um, was Peter gone who, um, is a great, a great human being, good guy. Um, he, he currently also scouts for the Indians and had played on a bunch of national teams, mm-hmm. um, for Australia back in the day. And he's of the generation here that just missed out on being able to go stateside. The, the guys just a little bit younger than him were the first kind of Australian pioneers to go stateside and get college scholarships and get pro deals and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, now he, he, and I, he kind of drove the whole program and then I was responsible for, um, all of our coach development, uh, efforts, um, which basically included a national accreditation scheme, um, and a couple of coach development camps every once in a while, um, that sort of thing. And, uh, more or less kind of presenting the materials that we use to train our coaches. Now on the player development side of that, the, the flagship program was the MLB Academy, which happens every, um, usually like June to August. It's a, uh, depending on what year you're talking about, it's a six or eight week program. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we did the, we did the MLB Academy down here, which is a joint venture with major league baseball and just a heck of a lot of fun. It's a great, it's a great camp. It's, um, it's basically the top, uh, 70, was it 72 Australian, um, teens pretty much. Uh, some of, some of which are already signed and some of which are amateurs and they come together for eight weeks. And there's usually a couple of guest coaches that come in from the States or whatever, and, um, and it's, it's just kind of a who's who of coaching there to, to train these young, young men. Uh, and then also under the player development underneath the national Academy, each state has its own state Academy. Mm-hmm. So in my, in my current role now I'm responsible for, for generating the South Australia Academy. And then our best graduates out of that will end up going to the MLB Academy, which is like the national Academy. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, are, what about the development of, of Australian coaches? Like, uh, I, you know, I know that uh, there's some opportunities or there's, uh, you know, a number of coaches coming in from the U.S. And uh, 
But uh, as far as the development of coaches within Australia, how is that going? You know, I know the game's been around quite a while, but I'm still assuming that the, you know, there isn't a, a, a huge depth of knowledge among um, native Australian uh, coaches or, or um, so can you speak on that a little bit of how are you developing and what strategies are involved in developing these coaches? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's kind of a, well, I guess first and foremost, it is a challenge. Um, yeah. Getting coaches anywhere is a challenge, you know, even, even in the States, it's, it's just difficult to get the right people teaching kids how to get better. Um, we, we have kind of taken the philosophy here in our state that we, we don't really offer high performance programs as they're de- defined by the Australian Institute of Sport or the Australian Sports Council um, in South Australia because we're one of the smaller states. Um, we just don't have the population to really justify what is defined as a high performance program. Mm-hmm. So we've opted to, you know, for lack of a much more accurate term, we've kind of opted to go with just a player development program here uh, and make sure that what we're doing is consistently consistently producing players that can fund consistently execute fundamentals. And, um, and we also, we heavily emphasize things like decision-making, um, and situational awareness and, and things that, you know, approach when you're on the mound or dug in at the dish, mm-hmm. um, things that make you a smarter baseball player and a more complete baseball player, even, excuse me, even if you don't happen to have, um, you know, you're maybe not blessed with the best athleticism. So if nothing else, even if we don't have an army of athletes, we're going to have an army of very smart ball players that know how to consistently execute fundamentals. They we're, we're doing our best to eliminate mental errors. Um, and then as far as the coaches go, basically what we try to do is any, any kind of high level player that's gone, that's gone overseas. And we do have, a, we do have quite a few guys that have gone and played, you know, Juco or, yeah. or, you know, four year college ball. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we also have a smattering of guys that have some sort of, uh, you know, pro experience, whether, you know, that's a season or two of extended or it's a six or eight year career. We do our best to keep those guys involved just because if nothing else, even we can kind of teach them how to teach if they don't just kind of innately have that talent. Yeah. Um, but the knowledge base is, is crucial. You know, we, we really want, we want guys to know how to kind of handle a staff and we want guys to know how to, you know, create a schedule and, you know, um, execute a routine and that sort of thing and can look for the little stuff. Uh, and so, so that's primarily our, our strategy in terms of our coach development right now, secondary to that at our, at our, um, our local level with guys that, you know, have played local club ball forever and haven't been overseas to play at a, at a higher level. We, we do our best to kind of preach that fundamental um, player development thing and really stress, you know, kind of very simple things like footwork and, um, and like 6F infield and, and, you know, the kind of things that make, make a fundamentally sound ball player. So a lot of our coach development is based around our player development and what we're trying to achieve. And in a few years when we get to the point where we are consistently developing this, this breed of, you know, de- you know developed uh, – amateur ball player that I just described to you, then we can kind of start looking at, you know, Hey, this kid has enough talent where he needs to be in some sort of transitionary program that gets him to a higher, you know, a higher level of, uh, you know, what, what ASC and what AIS define as high performance. Yeah. Okay. And in, in supplement to that, are, are there import coaches coming in from, from, you know, the U S or Canada or wherever? 
Or do you find um, it maybe in the state leagues anyway that there's somewhat of a demand for that? Yeah, we – so the state – the local league here in Adelaide actually does import um, – they routinely import quite a few um, ball players from Canada and the U.S., primarily the U.S., uh, and some of those, some of those players, um, earn some degree of inducement, whether that's, you know, paid work or just, you know, a stipend to play. And a lot of those, a lot of those guys are asked to coach, um, especially the younger, you know, U11, U13, U15s, that sort of thing. Yeah. They're, they're primarily players and they're almost all temporary. Um, I know, geez, I know a Japanese guy who's a ball player and has been living here for 11 years. And I know a very small handful of Americans that, that are full-time, uh, Adelaideans. <laughs> and, yeah. um, yeah, most, most of it's very temporary. It's, there's not really, there's not really the import, um, the market to import coaches. Uh, the Adelaide bite do import coaches. We have, we have Rick Knapp from the LA Dodgers here right now. He used to be the pitching coach with the, the Tigers a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He's, he's working with our pitchers for the, for the Adelaide bite. And he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's to have a, to have a resource like him even temporarily on staff has been, has been great, but he heads back, um, he heads back to the States because he's got a job to do for the Dodgers. So our, at the pro level, we, we bring in some, some pretty good guys, uh, amateur ball. We bring in some players that know what they're doing and they, they end up coaching kind of as a secondary role. Okay. Okay. So that, that clears it up a lot then because I, I know there are a number of, player coaches on my website but as well there's there's a lot of uh you know professionals on there that are just strictly coaches and they're looking for for jobs and uh you know and i I have heard that there are some opportunities in australia and um you know which often coincide with an actual job on the side you know doing Mm -hmm. whatever Um, yeah what we've what we've been trying to pitch to, to these clubs is it's you know it's pretty it's pretty easy to to have to have one of these you know joint player coach uh, resources come in if you can hook them up with a job you know doing whatever manual labor or whatever that's that's great but you can also you know you can also use him to do holiday camps and and you know all sorts of other you know kind of um, you know paid teaching uh, positions more or less and there's there's definitely a market to sustain that here and the you know the savvier clubs should be looking at that as a as a way to really get more bang for the buck, um, and also put a little bit of money in that guy's pocket. So, you know, he, his, cause it is, it's tremendously expensive to live down here in Australia compared to anywhere in the States or pretty much almost anywhere in Europe. I think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Scandinavia would be the only place would be, uh, as expensive or parts of London, but <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very expensive to, to live here. So, um, we do have some, we do have some kind of, uh, you know, cost issues trying to get guys to come down here for months on end. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I uh, and can you speak a little bit, Drew, on on the Australian state leagues, and you know maybe which ones offer more opportunities, or which uh, which of those seem to be developing the fastest, or, or, or um, yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure what your knowledge is about the others? Like I know in, in Adelaide and Southern Australia that you can speak a lot on that, but maybe fill us in on some of the others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the most important thing to know is that 47% of all baseball players are in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. 
the, the breakdown is 47% are in New South Wales, 18% are in Victoria, 13% are in Queensland and WA, uh, respectively, uh, and then 9% are here in South Australia, and then the remaining 1%, 1% and change are primarily in ACT. So there's most certainly the most kind of the, the biggest hotbed um, and the most opportunities are in New South Wales and in and around Sydney. Uh, that's the major population center here, and it's it's where the most players are. Um, now, that said, secondarily, uh, out in Perth in WA, for years and years now, they've had a pretty strong American expat community. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say leading that uh, that group there, but certainly contributing to a heavy degree in the baseball, uh, the amateur baseball administration out there. And they have a fantastic program going in WA. Uh, WA is consistently now either winning national tournaments or right behind New South Wales in these national tournaments, despite the fact that it's you know has considerably less um, you know players to work with. Uh, so I would say WA and New South Wales are probably the two two biggest hotbeds. Um, I I moved here from Queensland where I was uh, working for Baseball Australia, and Queensland has a very strong baseball culture, um, but it's it's also it's also very robust with locals. There's not there's not a very strong uh, international flavor to the to the Queensland market. Uh, they've done they've done a pretty good job of of perfect kind of perfectly balancing how many clubs ought to be in that area for for the baseball demand. And so all of the clubs are very healthy and, and chock full of uh, pretty knowledgeable Australians, um, and they they send a lot of people to college. Um, and a few guys to the pros out in Queensland. Um, Victoria, Victoria, I know a little bit about, but honestly, it's one of the, for whatever strange reason, it's one of the places I kind of spent the least amount of time. And, uh, and I, I really, I really can't speak to their league a heck of a, heck of a lot. I don't know too much about it. Um, I know a lot of pro ball players come out of there. Uh, I know they've had a tremendous, uh, success, uh, story, but particularly the last three or four years. But as far as their amateur leagues go and, um, and their demand for players and coaches, that's kind of a black hole for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, that's actually, through my research, that's actually the one the one league that I've had the most trouble finding information on. So, so yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, yeah, well, one, one or two la- uh, more questions here, and then uh, I know you need to start your day there, and I don't want to keep you any longer, but uh, uh, do you know of any other opportunities maybe off the field within management or even uh, internships or or, um, or even as a volunteer and then maybe get a job on the side or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can tell you right now the, the, a- the ABL, which is the professional league down here, uh, is is always 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 looking for volunteers and interns. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're kind of college age or right out of college and you're looking to cut your teeth and looking to, you know, get some experience, uh, especially some experience that stands out on the resume just for its, you know, sheer novelty. Uh, the ABL is a great place to do that. Um, we we constantly have a need for you know for guys uh, with the Adelaide Bite. I know the other five teams do as well. Um, and it's a pretty good deal in that it's, it's as far as North Americans are concerned, it's a it's a winter league. So uh, they start you know they start play in October and wrap up in February, and then all of those players from the ABL just go into spring training straight from there. So if you're if you're looking to volunteer or intern, the ABL is the place to be. Um, as far as professional administration here, it's honestly it's it's pretty tough to get into. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a it's such a small market. Um, there's not 
you know, whenever, whenever we've had a posting, you know, like my, my most recent posting at, at baseball South Australia, they had dozens and dozens and dozens of people apply for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that, you know, previous positions we've had at baseball Australia, uh, nationally, we had, you know, literally hundreds of applicants for, for some of the roles. Um, but yeah, the, the ABL, the ABL is definitely, you know, really, even if you're, even if you're an experienced minor league professional, and you're looking to get into some, you know, some fun administration. The ABL has some paid paid positions as well. They, um, the Brisbane Bandits uh, general manager position was open for I don't forget, but quite quite a few weeks. Uh, and then they finally ended up filling it uh, temporarily with uh, a gentleman from the league office. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, the Bandits are. All, I think the Bandits are still looking for a long term solution for their general manager position. Um, they were all, they also had a vacancy in their assistant general manager position last off season. I, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's been filled permanently or not, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's, I think there, at this point, there's probably more opportunity in the ABL, which is, which is a lot of fun and kind of interesting because it's, it's a joint program between baseball Australia and major league baseball, uh, major league baseball owns 75% of the league. Yeah. Uh, and it, like I said, it, it, it stands out really well on a resume. It's a, it's a big winner in terms of, uh, you know, grabbing attention. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay, we'll end with one last question um, with the game of baseball and in Australia, and where do you think it's headed? And, and you know, do you think there's there's you know room for for more opportunities for um, you know professional pl- players from around the world, uh, specifically, more specifically, U.S. Canada? Uh, you know, do you think there's going to be more opportunities popping up for them to come over and play, uh, and and uh, maybe even work their way into the ABL through these state leagues? Yeah, I do. It's, um, I, you know, I'm not, not trying to be negative, but every, every bit of history I've seen since I've been here is that Australia had Australia baseball had all the momentum in the world in the late nineties, early two thousands. And then somewhere after, you know, 2001, 2002, that just kind of evaporated and, and kind of, you know, went dormant. Uh, we're, we're right at the cusp where we've, this, the sport in general has had some pretty amazing growth, especially in its junior levels here the last, you know, three, four, five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, now that hasn't necessarily graduated to the, to the upper, upper levels yet, but, you know, Australia had a record MLB signings, uh, just, uh, the year previous to last where it was, I think 29 kids signed pro deals. So, we're getting there in terms of growth. You know, I, I kind of view the market here as make or break right now. The, the MLB series opener in March could, could be a, you know, once in a lifetime public relations coup that could generate enough interest to, you know, get a lot more kids playing ball. That said, if you don't have the proper club and coaching structures set up, you know, recruiting all these kids isn't going to work because you, you have no way of properly retaining or developing them. So, in my mind, I see a lot more. I see a lot more opportunities for coaches to come down here. Um, the ABL is finally starting to kind of turn a corner. The the big Asia series win um, with the Canberra Cavalry has kind of you know reinvigorated things. We we personally in Adelaide right now have a handful of guys from from Europe or from indie ball that are that are playing locally in our state league and also trying to get on with the bite. Um, and depending on you know kind of individual series needs, some of these some of these guys are representing the bike for you know a handful of games or for a portion of the season. So I do think there's there's definitely a need 
a need for players down here. Um, but more so, I really think there's a, a greater need for coaching and a greater need for, for baseball leadership and for people that are, that are willing to come and help these clubs because there is no school-based baseball here. Everything's club-based. Yeah. And to get, to get some of these clubs that are, that are run by very well-intentioned, very hardworking volunteers that often, you know, haven't seen a baseball organization run in, you know, Japan or America or anywhere else, mm-hmm. they, they just don't know kind of how to do the fundraising and how to do the development and how to do the, the grounds maintenance and all that sort of thing. And yeah. so to have, to have people here kind of help guide that is I think more value than players. Yeah. It sounds to me that the, the ideal guy right at this moment anyway, would be somebody that has those years of experience as a player, maybe can still play and, and throw on the cleats, but uh, has a number, has a number of years of coaching experience to go along with it. So yeah, absolutely. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're a guy that can still play a little bit and you're a guy that can definitely coach and you're kind of entrepreneurial and you want to, you want to come and take a club and kind of make it a, you know, miniature empire. This is, this is a pretty invigorating market for that. Uh, you could, you could have a lot of success and make a, make a real big impact in a lot of people's lives. If, if you get the right guy coming down here and helping assist some of these clubs and some of these leagues ascend to, you know, what, what you and I would probably consider kind of a global standard. So perfect, Drew. I really uh, appreciate your time and I want to thank you for taking time out of your morning. Uh, and, uh, yeah, maybe we'll be able to catch up again sometime down the road as, uh, Australian baseball continues to develop. So thanks again. Yeah, no problem. I'd, I'd like to catch up in the future for sure, David. Thank you. Thanks, Drew. Take care. You too, bud. Powered by Metalpunk Media, your sports marketing agency. We put sports center stage. That wraps up episode number 20, and I want to thank Drew for sharing that inspirational story about dropping the 9-to-5 and following that passion for a career in baseball. Sure, he had to put in some long hours and probably some low pay, but he made his way over to Australia, and now he's living the dream. And I think the rest of you can do that too. I think there's still a lot of competition in international baseball, but it's not near as much as in the U.S. And I think if you can work your way over to Australia and then uh, establish yourself there, you can work your way up uh, a lot faster than you would in the U.S. So thanks again, Drew, for sharing that story. And if anyone else has a story that they'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if it's you know if it's Australian baseball or baseball in Europe or Asia, wherever it is, love to hear from you. Please email me at internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com, and we'll set something up. Until then... Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in episode number 21.